Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and become one of our friends in, on iTunes. Also, pick up your copy of Speed Trap, uh, now available as an audiobook from audible.com. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I think that the start of this serial really does pack a punch. And when I listened to it, I found myself quite affected by it, or whatever that's worth. So I know that some people listen to this program with their kids. So I'm going to say this one's uh, one I would I would caution parental guidance on. Nothing graphic or bad, but it is hard-hitting. So uh, with that said, uh, let's get started. The original air date, April the 2nd of... Uh, 1948, and this one is The Skin Game, Part 1. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, a man who is as yet not known to Superman speaks of a mysterious threat to one of the Man of Steel's closest friends. You say Jim Olsen wouldn't listen to you when you gave him our message about those two kids, Ralphie? That's right, Dad. The punk called me a rotten American and ran me off the field. Okay. That does it, then. Now we'll teach that young man a lesson. One he won't ever forget. At this moment, gang, an 81-year-old explorer, holder of the Congressional Medal of Honor, sits near the window of his home in New York and remembers. His eyes are feeble from the effects of snow blindness, for seven trips to the Arctic with Rear Admiral Perry have left their mark. It was way back in April 6, 1909, that Matt Henson went exploring with Admiral Perry, and with him became the first man to reach the North Pole. He first joined Admiral Perry on an expedition to survey a canal across Nicaragua in 1887 and remained with Perry for nearly 20 years. During that time, Mac was rated as assistant to the Admiral and was said to have been the best hunter, dog team driver, and Arctic expert among all of Perry's group. When Perry and his men came within striking distance of the North Pole, the Admiral ordered all others back to the ship, all except Matt Henson. Then the two of them, with their dog team, started the hazardous trek alone over the ice into the frozen wastelands of the Arctic, the dangerous journey that led them finally to the discovery of the North Pole. Since then, Admiral Perry has many times frankly admitted, I couldn't get along without him. And these words are inscribed on the gold medal that was given to Matt Henson this month by the Geographic Society of Chicago, one of the highest honors ever given to any man for scientific achievement in the geographic field. And Matt Henson is the first Negro explorer ever to have received it. Together with the Congressional Medal of Honor, which our government awarded him many years ago, this is a fitting tribute to Matthew Alexander Henson for the great work he has done for his country and for the world. 
And now, the adventures of Superman. A week has gone by since Clark Kent, with the aid of Batman and Robin, foiled the attempt by Biggie Conroy to prove that Kent was Superman. And during that time, believing his troubles were over when Conroy and his followers were carted off to jail, Kent, who was supposedly suffering from injuries, secluded himself in his apartment, unaware that other enemies were preparing new and serious trouble for himself and his friend. Now in the large, busy city room of the Metropolis Daily Planet, Beanie Martin, the copy boy, stops at the desk of cub reporter Jimmy Olsen. Hey, Jim, Mr. Burrow says for you to write a new lead on this story. Jim. Huh? What'd you say? I said Mr. Burroughs wants you to write a new lead on this story. Oh. What story? This one. What for? On account of he says this one is no good, that's what for. He wants to know what's the matter with you. He says this is the worst lead you ever wrote. What is? Jumping geraniums, Jim. What is the matter with you? Oh, nothing. Nothing? I've been standing here talking to you, and you didn't even hear a word I said. What are you talking about, Beanie? You see, you've been like that for a couple of days now. Oh, I've got troubles, Beanie. Are you broke, maybe? I can lend you a buck or two. If... No, thanks. It isn't money. Well, then what is it? Well, I don't want to talk about it. But look, Jim, I'm your friend. Maybe I can help you. No, you can't help me. I I don't know if anybody can. Jeepers, is it that bad? Well, excuse me, that's my phone. Hello? Yeah, this is Jim Olson. Oh, hello, Coach. What... Sure, I talked to him. Just long enough to tell him what I thought of him, and then I told him to chase himself back into his rat hole. Of all the rotten little... Well, I don't care what it might mean. Those boys are just as good as he is. A lot better. And if he thinks he can push them around, he's got another thing coming. Sheepers, what's going on? Look, I'm not worried about myself, because I don't think they've got the guts to do anything. But I wouldn't back down on this even if it meant my life. Yeah, you bet I will. Okay, I'll be seeing you. So long. All the rotten, dirty... What goes on, Jim? They think they can scare me into backing down. They're crazy. Oh, what do you mean? I don't want to talk about it, Beanie. Beat it. But, Jim... Beat it, I said. This is my problem, and I'll work it out myself. No matter what happens. Okay, okay. Gee whiz. I better see Miss Lane about this. Miss Lane, when Mr. Kent was acting goofy? Yes, Beanie. Not hearing you when you spoke to him and then saying something wacky, maybe, that didn't have anything to do with what you asked him? Yes, what about it? Well, Jim's caught it. Jim Olson? Uh-huh. Didn't you notice? Why, why, no. I've been out of the office for a couple of days, Beanie, on a story. Why, what's wrong with Jim? That's what I want to know. He sits around moping, not hearing anything you say to him. But why? I don't know. When I pinned him down just now, he said he's got troubles. Really? What sort of troubles did he say? Uh-uh. Wouldn't tell me anything except I couldn't help him. In fact, he said nobody could. For heaven's sake. And just now, he got a phone call from somebody named Coates or Coates or something. Coates? Something like that. I couldn't hear what the fella said, but Jim got crazy mad. He said he told somebody off and he wouldn't back down now, not for anything. 
Not even if it meant his life. Good heavens, Beanie, that sounds serious. I think I'd better... Oh, hi, Mr. Kent. Hello, Beanie. Oh, Clark, I'm so glad. You're just the person I want to see. Yes? What is it, Lois? It's about Jim. Beanie tells me he's been acting very strangely. Strangely? Yes. What do you mean by that, Beanie? Well, he's worrying so hard, Mr. Kent, he's getting wrinkles. Is that so? Uh-huh. He's all the time glooming all over the joint. And, and, you know, not hearing when you talk to him and then giving you goofy answers and stuff like that. Hmm, that's not like Jim. Jim got a phone call just now, Clark, from somebody named Coates. Do you know anybody named Coates? No, I don't think so. Well, anyhow, Beanie says Jim got very angry. I never saw him so and bad. And he said he wouldn't back down now, not even if it meant his life. Wouldn't back down? On what? He wouldn't tell me. All he'd say is that he's in some bad trouble. I was going to talk to him, Clark, but now that you're here, well... Well, well, you know, Jim's always sort of looked up to you. And... I'll talk to him, Lois. Matter of fact, I'll talk to him right now. I know you're in trouble of some kind, Jim, and I want you to tell me about it. How did you... Oh, Beanie's been popping off, huh? Well, Beanie's worried about you. And so are Lois and I. You are in trouble, aren't you? Well... Yes, I am. Judging by your face, it's serious. Yes, but... Well, I'd rather not talk about it, Mr. Kent. Oh, come on. Now, maybe it would help to talk it out, Jim. I think you know you can depend on me. Oh, of course I do. And I might be able to help you. But, golly, it makes me sick to talk about it, even to think about it. But you are thinking about it, Jim. You're obviously not thinking about anything else. So, come on. We've been pals for a long time. Tell me what's wrong, huh? Let me try to help you. Well... Look, Mr. Kent, are you doing anything right now? I mean, can you go someplace with me? Well, sure, any place you say, Jim. Okay, then, come on. But please, don't ask any questions. Why? I'm going to show you something that'll make your blood boil like mine does every time I think of it. Followed by Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen hurries from the Daily Planet. What is the serious trouble he is in? And what is he going to show Kent? We'll be back in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Today, gang, we repeat our call for each and every one of you to join what we call the George Washington Patrol. Now, there are no membership cards required for this, no silver buttons or uniforms. There is only a pledge. A pledge to be taken by all young Americans who want to guard the victories gained for us by George Washington when he was commander-in-chief of the American army. These victories weren't only military ones. They were far more important triumphs because George Washington fought for equal rights for all men, no matter what their race or their religion. And it is this victory, this priceless gift of liberty, which we must guard today. For liberty and equality must be constantly protected. We must be alert and vigilant. It is up to each one of us to patrol the victory gained for us by Washington, the victory of equal rights for all Americans. The finest tribute you can pay the father of our country is to join the George Washington Patrol. So here is the pledge you must make. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I believe in the code of the George Washington Patrol, which says that no man on earth is better than any other because of the color of his skin or the way he worships God. And no member of the George Washington Patrol shall ever treat a fellow American unfairly just because of his race or religion. I do so solemnly promise. 
Adventures of Superman. Telling Clark Kent not to question him, Jimmy Olsen has taken the man who, unknown to him, is really Superman to the Metropolis Armory, where an indoor track meet is taking place. The stands are well filled with spectators of high school age who are cheering noisily for the young competitors in the track and field events. Puzzled, Kent follows Jimmy, who has donned an official's badge, onto the field beside the oval track where a race has just been concluded. I don't get it, Jim. Why did you bring me here? Well, this is the West Side City Playground Meet, Mr. Kent. I'm the manager and kind of assistant coach of the Unity House track team, you know. Yes, I know, but what's that got to do with this serious trouble you're in? Oh, plenty. Your you see, please. wait a minute. Here comes an announcement. Results in the first race the 220-yard dash, the winner, Howard Jones of Unity House. My God, how he did One of your boys? Yeah, and he's the one who. time for the 220, Jim. Sure. A new record made by Howie Jones. The guy those rats didn't want to let us run. Who didn't want it? Why? Well, you see... Oh, wait. Here comes Howie now. I want to congratulate him. Oh. Nice work, Howie. Congratulations, fella. Thanks, Jim. Thanks a lot. Oh, I want you to meet uh, Mr. Kent, star reporter on my paper. Mr. Kent, this is Howard Jones. Glad to know you, Howard, and congratulations on setting a new record. Thanks, Mr. Kent. I'm glad to know you. Look, Howie, Ralph didn't bother you anymore, did he? Well, no, not me, Jim. But he called Bobby on the phone last night. He did, huh? With the same line? Yeah. What did Bobby tell him? He hung up on him. Good. That's a way to treat those guys. May I ask what this is all about, Jim? Howie, do you mind if I tell Mr. Kent about this? Well, if you think it's okay, Jim, go ahead. Swell. Look, Mr. Hold Kent. Hold it a second, Jim. Let's see who wins the 50-yard dash. Who's your boy in this? Uh, Bobby Lee, number five. Oh, no more. Watch him run, Mr. Kenny's like lightning. Yes, sir. Yeah, he'll win this race hands down. There goes the starter's pistol. They're off. Jim! Jim! Jimmy! Jimmy, what happened? I don't know. He just fell down. Great Scott! He... Jim's been shot! Eyes wide, young Howard Jones kneels with Clark Kent beside the limp, unconscious body of Jimmy Olsen. Who shot the young cub reporter? And why? What is the serious trouble in which Jimmy was involved and about which he has not yet had an opportunity to tell Kent? Fellows and girls, this is the beginning of one of Superman's most exciting and important adventures. And you won't want to miss a single installment of it. So be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 2 of The Skin Game. On the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooters. This is a mutual broadcasting system. <laughs> <laughs>